So um, Dan and I were really blessed to grow up in Christian homes, and we were in very conservative um, churches, which was awesome. We have real solid Bible background, and we're really thankful for that. Um, but about 10 years ago, Holy Spirit just swept us off our feet, and we've never been the same. And we love the supernatural, and God is so supernatural, and he teaches us and speaks to us in supernatural ways. And um, I just hope that the little bit that he's given us to share tonight will be encouraging to you. Um, Christy Sunday was talking about the adventures with God when she was talking about Abraham and Joseph and all these amazing people from the Bible. And we love adventures with God. And we could talk all night about some of the fun experiences we've had. But one of the things came up in particular. My darling friend Dan has a real gift of generosity. And uh, I, was, I was a little bit lacking in that, actually. And it's one of the things that attracted me to him the most. So one time, about, I don't know, eight or ten years ago, we were at a Patricia King meeting. And during the offering of all times, during the offering, I had one of the most in, special, intense encounters with God that I've ever had. And I would, you know, you expect it kind of during worship or some other time, but this was during the offering. And it wrecked me, and I've never been the same. And now, I mean, I challenge Dan sometimes about the giving. Well, let's do this, let's do that. And, and of course, he's, he's always on the same page. But in this encounter, I, I don't know if it was a vision, if it was a trance. It doesn't really matter, but I was out of it. And God sent these waves to me. Are any of you beach people like, like you like the ocean? And so these, these weren't little lapping waves. These were waves coming over and over. It was like just that rhythmic way that waves come. And he told me, if you will give when I ask you to give, the waves a provision will come. It was awesome. So now, my darling friend Dan will share a little bit more. That was interesting for me watching all this happen. Because I was just listening, you know, to the, the, the very, very long offering meditation. It's probably 45 minutes, an hour. Um, but halfway through it, all of a sudden, Linda was just melting down into her chair, and I knew something really good was happening. I mean, I was, I was excited to see her do that, because we're one flesh, and when she's encountering something with God, I get blessed. Uh, it's so fun. So it doesn't matter who learns or experiences something with God. Uh, the other one is happy about it, because we share these things together. And um, After her encounter about this, these ways of offering and expectation for us to give, um, it changed how we think about giving. It changed what we do, I mean, how we give. It's, it's altered. In fact, it, it continued to 
shift for several years after that, uh, much to our surprise. Um, but the provision has continued. And like all supernatural encounters, it changed who we are. Deep inside, we, we're different people than we were before the encounter. And I say we, even though it's her encounter, because I encountered it with her. And it's like that in the body of Christ. It really doesn't matter who receives a prophetic word or has an encounter to share or whatever. We're all benefiting, right? We're all one body. Um, but one of the major things I got out of what she experienced was these waves of provision. That's been so encouraging to me. And provision is so important because that's a, a significant part of who God is. He has lots of names, right? Lots of names of Jehovah, and everyone knows Jehovah because there's a song. Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Y'all know that song? Okay, well, now you do, yeah. But he, Jehovah Jireh is his name that means the provider. And that's, that's really a lot of who he is. Uh, every name he has is important. And uh, this is brought to us through Jesus' words when he was speaking in Matthew 6. This is one of the most famous passages in Scripture. Uh, there's a movie called Brother, Son, Sister Moon about St. Francis of Assisi. And in that, uh, St. Francis goes to the Pope and, and recites these words of Jesus. Look at the birds of the air. They don't sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. And it goes down later. And why do you worry about your clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They don't labor. They don't spin. And yet even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. You know this passage, many of you. And he goes on farther saying, so stop worrying about what will we eat? What will we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows, he knows that you need them. But this is the important part. But seek first, what? The kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be provided for you. And it goes way beyond what you wear and what you eat. It goes way beyond money. It goes to, to everything you need for life and godliness. You seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and you'll receive what you need. It's so beautiful. Um, Psalm 23, 1. You all know this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Or in the NIV, it says, I will lack nothing. Isn't that beautiful? Do you believe that? It's true. I mean, do you have this revelation in your heart that the Lord's my shepherd and I shall not want? That's an important one to store in your heart all the time. God will enable you. He will supernaturally enable you to receive the funding you need for your life and for your family. Now, how does he do that? Well, you are an ambassador for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You carry authority in you. You carry the weight, the, the, the significance of this glorious kingdom of God in you. So when you're doing your work, you're going to do it differently than a non-believer. 
you're going to do it exceedingly well, and people will notice. Now, some people may persecute you, but some people will notice. And it may not happen on day one or the first year or the tenth year, but ultimately people will notice, and you will exceed the non-believers in your success at what you do. I really believe that because you're going to do it so well. The glory of the Lord is shining out of you. The fruit of the Spirit are evident in your life. You do your job very well like the skilled craftsman in Exodus 36. You know these guys, Bezalel and Aholiab? These are the two that had the Spirit of God in them. They were the skilled craftsmen that did all the fine detail and the amazing things that were needed to make the tabernacle of God. And God enabled them to do their job so exceedingly well. You will be blessed over time. And like Joseph, it may not happen at first. You may be persecuted. You may have struggles. You may have challenges. He was in prison for years. But ultimately, God blessed him and God placed him in a position of authority and power and success. Now that can have different pictures. You may not be wealthy, but you're going to have authority, power, and success in your life, wealthy or not. Also, God supernaturally gives us the spirit of wisdom. And the spirit of wisdom can lead us in our financial decisions. A lot of people lack funds because they've made a lot of poor financial decisions. God wants you to be successful in how you handle every gift he gives you. He gives you money. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to save it or spend it? If you're going to save it, how are you going to invest it? Uh, I'm not such a great investor all the time, but I'm convinced that I am a much better investor than I would have been because the Holy Spirit helps me. He's given me some good financial advice, and I really appreciate that. When you're going to make financial decisions, ask for the spirit of wisdom and then listen and then do what the spirit tells you. God will provide for you in ways you've not asked for and in ways you can't imagine. So if you have provision, what are you going to do with it? Of course, we're supposed to give, but how are you going to give? Are you going to give begrudgingly, sparingly? Or are you going to give hilariously, cheerfully, joyfully? I love this passage from 2 Corinthians 9. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a, you know this, a cheerful giver. And how many of you know the Greek word for cheerful? Do you know this? Hilarious. Doesn't that sound fun? Does giving sound fun? I think it's really fun. I think when I give freely, it brings joy to my heart. I'm actually receiving a gift, a supernatural gift when I give. And I love that. I love the way God is about giving. And right after this, it says, be a cheerful giver, a hilarious giver. And God is able to make all grace abound in you so that all things at all times, having all that you need. Hmm, that sounds familiar. Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So be a hilarious giver. Now this is truly a supernatural gift. This is not the way of the world. We are not born to be givers. What are babies and children like? Grab, grab, 
what can I get? What are you going to give me for Christmas, mommy? Um, that's not our natural state, but God transforms us to be more like him. And we become givers. Uh, and it's actually a spiritual gift. In Romans 12, starting 6 through 8, it says we have different gifts. You've heard this before. This is one of the passages about spiritual gifts. And what are they? There's prophesying, serving, encouraging, leadership, mercy, and contributing to the needs of others. Let him give generously. Giving is a spiritual gift. So do you want to be a supernatural giver or a stingy, humanly giving person? Um, I want to be an extravagant, crazy, generous, unbelievably kind giver. That needs to be uh, evidence of the supernatural transformation that's happened in us. That our selfish hearts became generous hearts that want to give hilariously. It's all based in the, in the deep, deep relationship within the Trinity. God is so into giving. God gave his son Jesus to us for our sins. Jesus, what did he give? Everything. He gave everything that we could connect with the Father. And then the Holy Spirit was given to us. And the Holy Spirit gives us comfort, gives us peace, gives us leading, gives us power. God is so much into giving. That's who he is. And it prompts us to give from the heart. When we do that, we're reflecting the heart of God. God is love. Of course, the Bible says God is love, but he's so much more than that. He's also the ultimate giver. And the Holy Spirit will tell you when and how much to give. All you have to do is ask. There's a writer named Joy Dawson. Uh, and when, when talking about hearing from God, she, she recommends asking God very simple questions. Like, related to giving. Let's start here. Number one. Here's a situation. One. God, should I give? That's an easy yes or no. Ask him yes or no questions, and then you can hear more easily. Don't ask him for the next ten steps that I should follow today. Ask him for one. Should I give? And if he says yes, number two is, how much? <laughs> and that's an important question, too. I mean, you might give more than God's wanting you to, and then you don't have the funds available next year for something he really wanted you to do. So you want to give the amount God desires don't figure it out in your own mind. Sometimes it's extravagant, far beyond a tithe. But don't give extravagantly just to give extravagantly. Wait till the Holy Spirit tells you, this is the time. Open your hand. Give extravagantly. Don't figure it out with your own mind. Don't give extravagantly just because someone else did. Don't give extravagantly just because there's a cause there's always going to be a cause. There are many good things to give to. But give extravagantly, I can't say that word tonight, extravagantly when the Holy Spirit tells you to and do it with hilarious joy. 
What should we do if we're pulled to give to someone and they're not a 501c3? If I give some money to Gordon, Gordon's had a bad week, I would give you some, man, but I don't have anything on me. If I gave Gordon some money, I could not deduct that donation. Should I do it? Okay, what if it's been a really generous year and you've already given 62% of your annual income to things? You can only deduct 50%. Should you quit giving and hold off till next year because it's not deductible? We had a, a Christian missionary challenge us once saying, uh, would you still give if it wasn't deductible? And it really made us rethink things. And you should give of your first fruits, the very best you have. Jonathan did this when he gave his, to David, he gave him his robe, his tunic, his sword, his bow, and his belt. He gave him all of the uh, things that go with being the next king. Um, the tithe in the Old Testament was always the first things. Um, have you seen the wine, not the wine, the olive presses they used in the Old Testament? There were lots of different designs, but one of them was this huge bar, like a log, is maybe 10 feet long, if you can imagine it, slanting down. And you would put the uh, sack of olives here, and then you could pull down on the bar here and apply great force and squeeze the oil out of those olives. What was the first thing you did, though? The first thing is you just laid the weight of the bar on and let it go, and just a little bit of ultra-pure virgin, ultra-virgin oil would come out. That's the good stuff. That's what they were told to give. And that's the way it is in our lives. We should give the ultra-pure best stuff to God, not the leftovers. God's given us his first fruits, and we owe him our first fruits. Our son once found $240 in an envelope at an airport. He was six years old. What are we going to do with that? Well, we need to teach our son how to live. So he said, okay, you want to tithe? The first thing you're going to do is tithe $24 out of that and give it to the church. So he did. And then you can spend $30 on a toy. So he did. And the rest of it goes to savings. Um, we're training him in the way that he should go. God is training you in the way that you should go. He wants to give your first fruits right off the top to bless the kingdom. Abraham gave a tenth of the plunder from a war he had been in to Melchizedek. And the plunder was the, the amazing stuff that all the fancy, wonderful things they received by the victory, and it was won with the blood of their friends. This is a huge offering, but he gave 10% to Melchizedek, who is an archetype of Jesus coming later. I've got a lot more there, but we're running out of time, so I'm not going to go into it. But Mike uh, reminded me this week that God doesn't ask us... Oh, I do want to tell you one other thing. Abraham also gave 100... He was willing to give 100% of his supernatural son, Isaac. Isaac was given to him as a gift from God, and he was willing to give 100% of Isaac when God asked him. Wow. Jesus gave 100% on the cross. 
Mike said that God doesn't ask us to give anything he is not willing to outdo. He asked Abraham to give his son. And then he interrupted that. And then what did God do? He gave his son. There's nothing we can do to keep up with what God does. I want to tell you one more thing, another dream. Um, uh, I, I was in medical practice for a number of years, and I, I had these lasers to do eye surgery. I had these two huge lasers that were expensive. And when I was, I, we, we were confident God had told us to quit working and to go into to marriage ministry. So we were going to do that, but I had to get rid of these lasers. So I talked to the hospital, and the hospital said, okay, um, we'll give you this much money for those lasers. I said, okay, yeah, that's, that's not such a good deal, but I'll take it, you know, because... This is what I'm supposed to do. So they gave us a verbal deal. And then the next day, they were going to give it to us in writing, the contract. And the night before, Linda had a dream. She had a dream that a man and a woman from out of town were coming. And they weren't doctors. They were business people. But they wanted to buy our laser. And they were going to hire doctors to use it. That's pretty random. 10 o'clock in the morning. We've got a meeting at noon. 10 o'clock in the morning, I get a phone call. Hello. And it was a woman representing a man who was an optometrist. He didn't do eye surgery, but he was a businessman. And they wanted to talk about buying my laser. Wow. I don't even know how they got my name. So 10 o'clock, I find out these guys... It sounds exactly like Linda's dream. 12 o'clock, I walk into the meeting, and the hospital says, okay, here's your contract, 40% less than we promised you verbally. Wow. Isn't it cool that God prepared me for that so I knew when they offered me that I could just smile and say, I don't think so. See ya later. I was able to turn them down and not be angry, not be upset, not be anxious, not be afraid. Because God had given Linda a dream to bless me. Wow. And it ended up down the road, down the road, those guys never bought the laser. But the hospital gradually raised their offer and raised their offer and raised their offer. I ended up getting more money than they promised the first time. How cool is that? God will provide. He will send waves of provision exactly what you need. And we need to be not only willing to receive these supernatural encounters with God, but asking for them. Because he loves you and he wants to share his supernatural wisdom with you. He wants to give you supernatural information so you'll be anxious about nothing. Supernatural wisdom so that you'll know better how to deal with life. Supernatural joy as you face worldly attacks and supernatural victory over your enemies. And I just proclaim over you that you and you and you in the back, God wants to give you supernatural encounters for every part of your life. And I proclaim over this group tonight, I bless you for for wanting to be here tonight. 
God's wanting to tell you tonight that he loves you, he will provide for you, he will advise you, and he will encounter you. So I proclaim supernatural encounters, supernatural provision, that the Holy Spirit will lead every one of us in knowing how to use what God has given us for the best purpose in the kingdom. Amen.